0: You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network.
1: Tech Fan Podcast number 200. That's right. We made 200 episodes of Tech Fan. Got me, Tim Robertson, David Cohen, and Owen Rubin. Check it out. And it is Tech Fan number 200. I'm Tim Robertson, of course, and there's David Cohen. Hello, David. Hello. We made it to 200. I know. I feel different somehow. I do, too. I feel
2: more mature.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, we're bringing Owen Rubin along for the ride. Hello, Owen. I'm actually back again. (laughs) I actually got three emails from people going, so what happened to Owen? (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> Every once in a while, they just don't, they don't call me in, let's be really honest. I just sit here and wait. and That's <laughs> no, not true. Right? Uh, no, Work last, has gotten last, in the last,
2: Yeah, last week you were missing in action. People were people worried you were lying, um, bleeding out in a
1: dumpster somewhere, I think. John Nemo said he was going to call out the Coast Guard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but we did have I a good episode. California, I think in California you have to call out the guys who rescue you off the cliffs with all these people who climb cliffs by the ocean. Yeah we so, see one of those a week it seems like
1: i hope you listened to the last episode it was a really good one with uh with dan
0: i have not yet i'm sorry it's on it's downloaded on my ipod but i but this week i haven't been driving to work oh yes so i haven't been able to actually listen to anything on the way to work so
1: so you have been uh at this week you've been in san francisco at the game developers conference at the Moscone center yes
0: well, I've been next to it. <laughs> next to it. We we had a suite in the hotel nearby. We still do. I'm, that's where I'm heading off in an hour. Uh, so I have not been on the floor yet, but I got a badge yesterday, and I'm going to go down and have a look today. Oh, so you're going to have,
1: have to go. tell us next week what you think.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you what I see. Uh, Valve had a big announcement, but we can't get in. They got so many people with their new VR uh, headset. Every, the people who talked to me said it's really cool. It, it's amazing tracking, but it's big and heavy.
1: That's the... <laughs> that's the thing with valve they keep coming up with these great ideas but all too rarely do you see they actually release something that they've talked about or at least the way oh i could just point at half-life 3 for that but yeah <laughs> i mean how long have they been talking about half-life 3 10 years yeah i mean it's crazy so um, i
0: the our company is old is ex valve people oh so really the, the stuff we're doing at cast ar is uh an idea that they had at valve and these people left because Valve didn't want to do AR, they wanted to do VR, I guess. I don't know what the real answer is, but uh uh Yeah, I can talk a little bit about that too. Well go for it. Let's hear it. So um two the two founders of our company uh were Valve employees and they left Valve. Actually there's but there's more people from Valve there. Um and Jerry Ellsworth, who's this this genius who created this technology, and um Rick, the lead programmer, Johnson, Rick Johnson. is just. These guys are amazing in the way they figured stuff out. And it was actually almost a mistake. She had put some optics in backwards and noticed that when this projector was shining out from her face and hit retro-reflective material, it bounced back a really bright, sharp image. Hmm. So she came up with this idea to put projectors up in the glasses, uh, some tracking equipment so it knows where your head is. And you look at this material... and it becomes stereoscopic 3D, uh, and you can do all sorts of things in the AR world. Um, there's a great story that our marketing person tells that they were invited to a Vulcan meeting, you know, Vulcan financing up in, uh, up in Seattle, <clears throat> and before the show starts, and I don't know if I'll get the, sh- the story exactly right, but they talked about how everybody had to sign a waiver in case anybody, because people were drinking, they had an open bar, and they said, "You know, VR and drinking don't mix. You know, you have to be sitting down because you got this big thing on your head, and and you might fall down and get nauseous if you drink." And they ran out to their booth and took away all the chairs and put down shot glasses with with alcohol because ours is AR. You see through it; you still see your real world, right? So you don't get any of that. So yours
2: you is. De- so yours is uh to for people that don't know. So all. AR is augmented reality, so that's projecting stuff over what you see. And VR is virtual reality, where effectively you're uh, closed off from the outside world and you 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 are just looking inside a fully uh, rendered
0: environment. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And of course, AR has been been manipulated a bit. They called Google Glass AR, and I it's not really AR just because you see some text or some stuff in the upper corner of your eye. I think if you look at Microsoft's. Uh, what do they call it? Uh, HoloLens. HoloLens, lens. lens. Which bothers me. It's yeah. not holographic, but it yeah. but it gives you that feeling. Microsoft's video, which is not real, by the way. Uh it's you know, that's that's what they want it to be, is an is an perfect example of what AR should be able to do eventually. So our glasses either use this retro reflective material and you can put it anywhere. You could make a cave, you could make a you know, we keep joking about the the um What's the thing from Star Trek? And my brain just went blank. The, the, the holodeck. The holodeck. Because you could put this stuff on all the, all the walls, and then where you looked is you would see stuff. It would come back to you. Uh, and then we have a clip-on we, for the production glasses that you can turn it into VR or remove the opaque piece at the end and see through it and make it you know, near-term AR, which is more like Microsoft's glasses.
1: I'm glad you guys call it a, a clip-on and not a strap-on.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. <strap> <laughs> Maybe we should change it to that. Well, you uh, might get a little more attention in the press. <laughs> and our goal is to get the our goal is to get the thing down into into low consumer prices. So we're you know we're pushing hard to get the bill of material down. The thing is going to be very light. We're you know we're targeting eighty grams, which is really light. And uh, right now we're one hundred and thirty five with no industrial design at all put into it. Wow. So, it's exciting, and, and I'm hoping I like, get a chance to somehow show it to more people. So we were showing it to, to developers this week at the game developer conference, and my favorite was when one guy from a newspaper came, a big newspaper. I, I, I can't say who. But, sure. Uh, can I swear on this show? <laughs> we prefer that <laughs> uh, you don't. Well, I'm gonna do it anyway. So he put, you know, he was he was like, okay, you know, I've heard about this, you know, I really need. And he put these glasses on and he goes, holy shit. <laughs> 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 that was like just worth the price of entry for this guy into the room. It's like it, people are very surprised about what they see when they put these things on.
1: I'd love to try it out myself. That sounds okay. awesome.
0: I'm trying to get, you know, as we move, we move a little far. far you know, right now they're all hand built. We're trying to, um, we're filling, trying to fulfill our Kickstarter people who paid money for this early. Uh, but I want to get lending pairs. So if I get a pair, I can put together in a case and send off to you, you know, for a couple of weeks, I'll do that.
1: Oh, well, I'm sure David and I would love to play with one for a little bit.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. I'd like to get you guys to talk about it since you don't work for the company. Right. So yeah,
1: absolutely. And that's the thing, you know, it, it, obviously I can't say anything bad about a company I work for, uh, even if I wanted to, thankfully I don't want to, because I actually like the company I'm working for, uh, OWC, of course. And yeah that's the thing about tech fan. We say what's on our mind usually, um, without thought to consequences, David,
2: (laughs) (laughs) we, we have no internal filters.
0: You get in trouble again.
1: Um, no, not lately, (laughs) but one of the things that I thought would be fun would since you know, this is our 200th episode is to come out with a new logo, a new look, if you will. And I, you know, I tried for a while to come up with something and I just couldn't do it. I, I, to be honest, I'm not a graphic designer. That's I've, I've never been one. Uh, you know, some of the things that I've come up with has been okay, but I know people with actual talent will do a much better job. And so I had a t-shirt that I got, um, maybe a month and a half ago from sure. It was a one-off t-shirt that they did. For uh, NAM uh, M and NAM the NAM show that I went to. And that's a music. Sh- that's a music show. For that's people the music show, and I thought it was really cool. I like Shure. I've got a couple of their products. I've got a pair of headphones from them. I believe I have two mics from Shure. Uh and I've always liked Shure products. Sure? I'm sure. Yeah, you're sure. And so they, I was talking to them at their booth, and they gave me a T-shirt, and I really liked the design of it, and it wasn't an original design. I've seen something similar many times including going way back to the early days of radio and of course it's the two it's the uh, I'm sorry the four lightning bolts kind of going into the name and I liked it and I thought you know what I would like that for tech fan so I found a picture uh, I don't know why I just didn't take a picture of my own shirt but uh, I found a picture online of that t-shirt and I sent it to Donnie Yankalo and asked him if he could kind of create something very similar but with tech fan and he absolutely did. And he sent it in a format that allows me to manipulate it so I could change it as I see fit. Um, you guys saw the original that Donnie came out with. The one that we're using right now is the same, except I removed the microphone in the back and I changed some colors. And I didn't realize it until right before we started recording, David, it kind of looks like the Black Metallica album. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at it I was like it's kind of Metallica. Think about that. Yeah, look at it. It looks like now anybody listening to this on their iPhone or on the computer, you should see the cover art. That's the new graphic. And it's also up at TechFanPodcast.com. I like it a lot. I like it so much that I asked if Donnie could come on sometime and talk about what he used to create it. And uh, he's going to do that. Not this episode, but soon. Um, You know, he works. And when we record the show, he's usually working. So I got to figure out how that's going to get done. I might have to record something with Donnie separately from you two, and then we just, you know, put it into the show. But I'd like to know how he did it.
0: Yeah, he a, did yeah, your yeah. other logos, right?
1: Uh, he's done a few logos for us. Yes. Now the old TechFan logo, I actually did that one. And the Uh No, he did not. He did not do the my Mac logo. Okay. He he redid it. Let me put it that way. Okay. Now the original iMac logo, well, I don't want to say the original, the one that's used often now with the little uh, Mac guy with his arms folded. Yeah, uh, I think that's a 520 Mac. I forget now.
2: Is it no? It's isn't it a? Um, is it, it? It always looked to me like a classic, like a classic uh, two. Um, isn't it no?
0: I, I thought it was maybe the eMac. What was no, that thing called? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm giving you a bad time. I'm sorry,
1: but regardless, that graphic originally was in another publication called Max Central. Uh, Max Central. No, uh, while well, I'm drawing a blank on it, I want to say Max Central, but it wasn't Max Central. Um, I cannot think of the name of it now. That's kind of embarrassing, but regardless, um, John Nemorovsky wrote for that other magazine years and years ago, and I had one ep- or one episode one issue of that magazine where I saw this little graphic and it was just a throwaway graphic in this one. It was never their logo and it was a little thumbnail size and I loved it. And I asked John Nemo if he had the contact information for the publisher. He did. I got a hold of him and I asked him, Hey, I have this one little JPEG that's literally four inches big. It came out of what That was the name of the magazine. Right. It came out of an issue of MaxSense. I know you drew it. I want to buy this from you and he said you don't have to buy it you can have it so I wrote up a little agreement that you know he sent and gave me permission that it's mine and then Donnie Yankalo took that and recreated it just perfectly and I think he used illustrator and this was you know 10 years ago probably and he recreated it in a way that I can manipulate it and change it and and uh, I, I really didn't have to because it was just perfect. But I could blow it up really big because it was line art rather than just you know a JPEG or a GIF or what have you. And that's how you know the MyMac logo came to be. So Donnie's done a lot of artwork for us over the years. He did the three geeky ladies, for instance.
0: That's right. Okay.
1: And I believe he did geekiest show ever as well. Guy's got some talent. He certainly has. He, um,
2: you know, I, I, I. I can't. I can't draw anything. Mm-oh. I even. I, pick up a, I can pick up a pencil and paper, and I can't draw anything. I certainly can't do anything on the computer. I can do visio diagrams and things like that, where I'm just assembling parts together. But I can't. I can't do stuff from scratch at all. I just. I just don't have that sort of artistic in me at all so i i really have respect for guys who can start with a blank screen and can come up with something that you know not not only represents what you want to represent but does it in a way that has character has personality has um you know has some sort of kind of message behind it um it it amazes
1: me well i could come up with the ideas Uh, i could come up with the concepts i just don't have the talent to actually put it to paper, if you will.
0: They're in your head. I I know exactly what you mean.
1: So I think I have designed sense, but it's, it's like being trapped in a body that, you know, (laughs) I can't do it. (laughs) Um, the old tech fan logo, not the original, because it was an original that we used for just a couple episodes and I got rid of it. It was terrible. Um, I always liked it, except it looks like a sports team logo, (laughs)
0: like
1: college football. At least the fan (laughs) part. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And the word tech in the old one was actually exactly the same font from Grand Theft Auto. Most people don't know that. I didn't. And so I combined two different fonts to do tech fan, and it worked. And, you know, I've been laying it over top of other graphics to make our album artworks forever. But, I don't know, it, it was just bothering me. It looked too much like a sports team college type of thing. And I wanted something that was more, I think, reflective of what we do on the show. And I think uh, that shirt that I saw really kind of captured my imagination. And then Donnie just hit it out of the park with this logo. Is he he a Metallica fan?
0: What's that? Is he he a Metallica Metallica
1: fan? (laughs) (laughs) Well, he took the idea behind the logo that he was looking at and, and modified it enough so it's ours. but you know
0: i'm looking here and seeing that is i can see why you 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 have that because they have the lightning bolts right some of their albums yeah so i can see where that you got that
1: yeah and of course (laughs) established 2010 which means we are in moving towards our fifth year of uh doing tech fan david
2: yes um as we were saying last week it's, it's hard to believe it's been that long but i i guess time flies when you're having fun
1: wasn't Absolutely. I on one of the first ones? Uh, you know what? I, I know you were on real early. I'll do a search I was on early. Him.
0: Yeah, I know I was on early.
1: So I'm going to do uh, <laughs> Owen Rubin. It's funny. Owen actually don't found... Don't do that. Don't do that. It said nothing matched. What the heck? Yeah. Let's just do Owen.
0: I did that the other day. I searched, I went to search to see where I started there, and I found this link for an article you had written, Tim, that I never saw.
1: I don't even remember writing it, to be honest
0: oh, God, with you. I got you. such a laugh from it. <laughs> It said, Owen oh, Reuben Rubin is everywhere.
1: <laughs> yeah. Episode nine was the first time you did this show. November okay. 2010. Okay. You did episode nine, episode 16 and 17, which were Macworld Expos. Right. Uh, episode 54, uh, Leisure Le- <laughs> Suit Ruben. I don't know. <laughs> I think we were talking about Leisure Suit Larry.
2: Larry, we yeah. were. <laughs>
1: uh, that was episode 66. And then it was a while you came back on uh, two, uh, 101.
0: These these jobs get in the way, but I've decided this one they let me get there at ten o'clock, so I can take the time to do this as long as I leave once it's done. So
1: And then I believe you started kind of regularly with this on episode one seventy five. Yeah, I appreciate
0: the invite to come join you guys. It's fun.
1: So really, I mean you've been doing them for about thirty episodes altogether, which is nothing to sneeze at. I mean that's a lot of podcasting.
0: Well and I did and I did a number of your other ones, in my Mac. Yeah.
1: The My and, and, and I think so, you were on uh, Geekiest Show Ever once or twice, too. Geekiest and, Show
0: a couple times, and OWC a couple times. And
1: yeah, I need to get, I would like to get both of you at one time or another on OWC Radio to do a proper interview with you guys on that show. It'd be hard, though, because I, you know, every week I'm talking to you guys. So to interview somebody <laughs> that you know so well is not easy to do. Uh, it, it's not easy, but A, I think you could pull it off, and B, everybody sounds different when you ask them the three random questions that's true that you know yeah. that's one of my favorite things that three random questions that i do on owc radio people really seem to like it and you never know where yeah. the answer is going to go we
0: never know where the question is going to go
1: <laughs> i know where the question is going to go i just don't know what the answer is going to be yeah. it's fun though so um i was having fun with this app and i know owen could see the pictures. Uh, David, you can see them too if you go to my profile on Facebook. Yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I know. Uh, it's called Disney Side. It's uh, it's a it's a camera app from Disney, and you take a selfie and then it kind of morphs you on to different characters. So you can be Darth Maul, you can be um, a pirate, you can be someone in Frozen the Villains. By the way. <laughs> the pirate is pretty funny. Is I, pretty I did funny. the one in um, from Frozen. And somebody wrote, um, in the frozen pick, you look like you're in an 80s new wave romantic band.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You do. I know. (laughs) That's funny. It really does. What's that called?
1: Um. Disney side. Yeah. Disney side. It's, it's a free app, you know, and honestly, I'll, I'll have fun with it for five minutes and then I'll never use it again. But if you have kids. It's it's well, a good six hours of fun for them. Uh,
2: so yesterday was um, yesterday was a Jewish festival called Purim, where you um, you tra- uh, yes, uh, as as all Jewish festivals, it was a case where somebody threatened to kill us all. We ended up overcoming. <laughs> now let's sit down have a meal and celebrate. Uh, That's right. but, um, but but everything's fine. Have yeah. a ham- yeah, meal, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but Purim, 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 Purim. Traditionally, kids uh, dress up for it. So. Um, my daughter was actually dressed as uh, as one of these characters from Frozen yesterday when oh, yeah? she went out to school. Uh was she's, she adorable? Uh, as she would say she's only five. She would say I'm crazy about Frozen and that's what she says all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so she has she has both outfits. She has both of the girls from the movie. Um so yesterday I think she was the uh, the younger sister. Um <clears> and uh, and yeah she will I I will have to put this on my on my phone for her because she will get a huge Oh
1: chicken. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was just thinking about that when you were talking about uh, the Jewish festival. Uh-huh. I think I heard this from a stand-up comedian a long time ago, and it kind of stuck with me. Uh, you both are Jewish.
0: Correct. Yeah. It's well, the
1: only word that I could say, well, both David and, and Owen are both Jews. And mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. I can use exactly the same word and go, oh, yeah, both uh, David and are Jews. Yeah. <laughs> How can the same word be used <laughs> different ways like that? And it has so many meanings. Yeah, there's. Th- I'm. That's the only word that I can think of like that. It's the only one. How did that happen? You would think that somebody creative would have came up with a better slur than what you. Will, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's weird. <laughs>
2: well, I well, I think I think if you put a different tone on it, you're you're implying that perhaps they are. <laughs> Tim has yeah, it's, blue no, no, eyes.
0: <laughs> no. Wait. Well, come on, Tim. If I go, yeah, that Tim is a real nice guy, right? Yeah,
2: but I, I think I think what's happening when you're putting that tone on it is you're implying that the person you're talking about may not be actually Jewish, but has these uh, traits that these stereotypical, uh, are, the stereotypical the yeah. stereotypical traits that that anti-Semitic people would use about Jewish people you know kind of the the thing about the money and and the uh, the business and and all of the, you know and taking over people's land and all of that sort of thing the sort of things that the Jews have kind of been uh pushing back against for you know 3000 years or so um so uh, I guess I guess that's that's what it is I suppose there are other ones as well but um I, I must admit I it's interesting you mentioned that in that I've I've found it um interesting but although also just slightly disturbing over the last six months or so that kind of all of a sudden and it and it is being driven by technology because technology is allowing people to point it out and talk about it a lot more um that racism and anti-semitism and islamophobia and and those sorts of things all of a sudden people are starting to realize that they've never really gone away they've just kind of been pushed down and and people pretend they don't exist but yeah. of course now you're yeah. seeing all these videos and of, of either terrorist attacks or um you know, what appear to be racially motivated a- actions by police and various other di- different people and, and and also things that people's people say where where they think they're not being heard like in a meeting or on twitter or something
1: like that soccer and, games and, where they're throwing blow up bananas at players yeah exactly yeah. stuff yeah.
2: like stuff like that which which you know in the past, i think i'm
1: getting an echo from somebody nope, oh, no no it's oh. gone no it's gone yeah
2: but this is all stuff I, that in the past in the past was going on but nobody knew about it so nobody talked about it and now all of a sudden everyone's talking about it and and part of the reason for that it's so easy for media outlets to get hold of material that kind of pushes this stuff And so and what kind of worries me in some, some respect is that you can you could dig out a comment somebody made on twitter or in front of a of a a, a video camera on a phone or something like that at any point and take it out of context and try and then use that to slant them as having a certain feeling even though maybe they don't really or don't if they do they it's not malicious they just kind of don't realize that they're subconsciously um subconsciously they have these attitudes
0: um and, so and of then, course again, i was saying, years ago I mean, many, 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 many years ago, I was one of those people with one of those great big satellite dishes in the backyard, Yeah. and they never encrypted or or encoded any of the uplink feeds, so you used to be able to pop through the satellite channels and find these reporters standing out there, you know, with live cameras, live mics, but they're not on the air yet, and it was amazing, you know, if you could have recorded all that, what these people said, Yeah. so it's, you know... It's not um, but they just would state their opinion, you know. I, my yeah, favorite – some that, football that, player got hurt and yeah. you know he's on the camera. Oh, you know, they've taken him to the hospital and everything seems okay and we wish him well. Are we clear? I hope that ass stays in the yeah. hospital forever, yeah. you know, and he walks off the camera. But today that would have been on every social media site everywhere. Well, that that's exactly it. I mean and yeah. one of the, the big things that
2: illustrates this is the kind of things that local news reporters on their local TV channel will say uh maybe not even if they're off mic but just a comment about a story whereas in the past you know everyone in that market will go oh yeah well that you know that kent brockman everyone knows he's a little bit racist or anything like that and now all of a sudden that'll be on youtube and everyone will be talking about it and people will be yes. calling for his his head and all of these sorts of things uh, but by the same token i think it does illustrate that anybody who thinks that these attitudes have disappeared and no longer exist in society is kidding themselves because everybody has them
1: you know um, to we, a extent yes uh, but by the same token i think <laughs> that the more we talk about it and the more reporting is done on it more people are going to start getting the right attitude i think beliefs do change over time
2: i know oh, uh, I, I, I i agree but but there's a lot of older people who would would <clears throat> proclaim to say that they don't have those attitudes oh, anymore Absolutely,
0: <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, they're stuck there
1: yeah I had a I had a, a a grandparent that's as far as I'll say who was the nicest person in the world until she saw a, a certain race and then she'd say something and I was just like damn you know racism kind of got shoved down my throat um, growing up the street that I grew up we had black and white people it was I didn't think anything of it one of my best friends was black I spent the night with him. All the time. He stayed at my house all the time. Uh, My mom was known as the cookie mom because mom would always give cookies to all the kids in the neighborhood. Uh. And, (laughs) you know, I never, we grew up together. I never thought anything was strange or weird. That's just the way it was. You know, they happened to be black. I was white, but our families were exactly the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. We get to junior high and uh, I remember asking him one day, I said, hey, you want to crash at my place this weekend? Because, you know, when you're in junior high, you don't say spend the night. <laughs> and, and he says, no. Nah. And he, he had this weird attitude. And I was like, dude, what's up? And he goes, man, we just can't hang out like we used to. And I was like, Whoa. why? And he was like, it's a black thing. And I said, what do you mean it's a black thing? And he goes, you're not black. You don't understand. I, you know, we, we come from different places. And I was like, what are you talking about? You grew up three houses down from me. Yeah. You know, we grew up in exact, And that it really bothered me as a kid. It really, really bothered me. That all of a sudden, he didn't want to be friends because I didn't understand what it was like to be black. Nonsense. It was nonsense to me. Now, in some respect, he was right. Not in the way he went about it or, or even how he said it. But I didn't understand what it was like to be black. He was going to face things and discriminations that I would have no concept of. Because it just didn't happen to me because I was white. But it bothered me nonetheless that, you know, it was it was thrown into my face. And when I was growing up, I didn't even know what Jewish was. I just, it was just some kind of a religion. That's all I knew. I never, I never thought of
0: what it was.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I never, I never gave it two thoughts. It wasn't until honestly, I was an adult and I started hearing it and then hearing the slander. And I thought, "I, I don't understand where that's coming from at all. So the whole racism thing, David, I think technology and the communications that we have now highlights the problems big time yeah and i think the more it highlights it the better things will get over time obviously when you have people like isis and you know that's bad but that isn't something new either i mean we've had groups like this since recorded time i mean
2: no i i agree i mean obviously that's the The first thing two people do when they when they get together is normally is they try and you know figure out what they have in common, and then they start arguing about the things that they don't have in common. I mean, that is that is un- unfortunately human nature. We are kind of wired that way. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't make it right, but you know, particularly with with the passion and the extremism that some people take towards that, um, I, I my concern is is just that because the way we're using this technology is fairly immature, that it's uh, while it's it's clearly there, and I agree with you, the more we talk about it, the 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 better it gets. Uh, that the, because the first thing you have to do with any sort of problem is acknowledge that it exists. Yeah. But I, I do worry that that in kind of today's soundbite culture, it's very easy for um uh for somebody to have something they've said that you know let's face it, we also make we all make mistakes, and sometimes we say things in a in a context which we don't really mean because we're trying to. Be, look clever or or show off or impress somebody or something uh, it does worry me that that any, anything anybody says if they become in any sort of a public figure in the future you know, people can go back in time and dig this stuff out and then oh, use yeah. it to, to paint them with a label that that might not be true and and unfortunately That's again you know once once the label is is applied it tends to stick whether it's actually true or not even if it's subsequently found not to be
1: true what oh and you remember i'm sorry go ahead uh, oh and you remember jimmy the greek
0: jimmy the greek yeah he was the nfl
1: commentary guy he was really good and he said one thing that was very uh came across very racist now from all indications he he wasn't a racist but what he said was construed as racist and it cost him his career I mean, it it literally destroyed him. And he was broke within 10 years. He died destitute. Wow. Um, I didn't
0: know it went that far. Oh, yeah.
1: You should read up on him. I I saw a, I think it was an ESPN thing. I just saw Jimmy the Greek and I thought, oh my God, I haven't thought of that guy in years. And I watched it and his rise from obscurity uh, as a kind of a a numbers betting guy to becoming a CBS commentary talking about the spread and stuff like that in the game. And then he said something that was, you know, people said that, well, that shows that he's racist. And it just, it wiped out. I can't even remember exactly what he said, to be honest. Uh, But I remember it, that was it. He said that and it it was done and it, it devastated him personally and professionally. And that was the 80s. We're in 2015 where, like you said, David, everything you say can be recorded can be taken out of context can be uploaded to youtube uh a vine on twitter it can go around the world instantly 20 million people could watch it and it doesn't really matter what your intentions were it's what the perception then is
0: by yeah. the way there is a youtube of the comments jimmy the greek made that got him fired on youtube is there what what does it say Did you I, didn't play, I haven't played it yet i just saw it in a google search <laughs> uh wait a minute I see
1: was asking questions about Martin Luther King's birthday and the progress blacks have made in society. Their CBS Sports commentator, Jimmy the Greek Snyder, gave his impressions of blacks and coaching in the National Football League. His answers could raise as much controversy as the statements by former Dodgers executive Al... That's
0: a little long, I have to, I'd have to find it, but that's, uh, oh, here we go, let's see. ...for everybody, I mean, let's make it equal for everybody, you know, And Doesn't sound... Is it equal? What about sports?
1: Well, they've got everything. If if they take over coaching like everybody wants them to,
0: there's not going to be anything left for the white people. I mean- <laughs> oh, yeah, that would, yeah,
1: yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> but in some yeah. respects, you could almost take it the opposite way that he's saying. Well, the coaches, are, uh, black coaches, are going to be much better than the white coaches. Right,
0: they're going to all be, be so good. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah, that the white guy ain't going to have anything left.
2: Unfortunately, uh, any time you use the word they, yes, yeah. <laughs> when you're talking about a racial group, that e- even no matter what your. Uh, even no matter what you're trying to say it doesn't sound very good unfortunately yeah. that's the, that's the problem though is, is that is that context is everything yeah without the context of that conversation it's very difficult to to judge it except on the rawest terms and oh, and, uh, the news, and the news you know,
0: agencies i don't know how it is in 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 the uk david but in the news agencies in the u.s one in particular which i won't mention their name loves Fox, to take little, news yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will mention them. You'll, you'll mention, mention their name. Uh, to we all will know. To take, the, we we will will know who stuff. they are. Yeah. They yeah. all do it. They all yeah. take stuff out of content. They're fair and, and balanced. Come on, and and and, and it <laughs> drives me crazy when you know you hear someone say, uh, "Well, I'm against that," and but you know, the thing is simple. Well, if this and this and this happened, I'd be against that. But then they just take the little piece they yeah. want, right? That's right. Yeah. Uh, I think we need Miranda-like rights before you say anything into a mic. Anything you say can and will be used against you in the court of social media.
2: By the way, by the way Owen Fox News are our new sponsor,
1: and you're fired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, the opposite of that there is <laughs> people will bring their own perceptions to things. Like if we did a podcast where um, we talked exclusively about you know religious matters and stuff like that. And we called it Tim and Two Jews. People would be up in arms. What? Yeah. You know?
0: I love it. <laughs> oh, my God. We've got to do that. Yeah.
2: I'm nothing. Should, so. only only we would have to call it Oi.
0: Oi. <laughs> oh, we've got to do that.
1: Tim and those people.
0: <laughs> Tim and they. Tim and they.
1: <laughs> uh It's, it's, it's unfortunate that people still kind of fall back onto these beliefs that obviously none of us believe in, but we all do have our preconceptions on some things. For instance, for the most part, I don't, I don't like Android phones. Now I have owned a few, but I I don't have a brand new one. The new Samsung phones, there's no way in heck that I would buy one of those. Isn't that a preconception that I'm bringing to the table, even considering or not considering purchasing something, Owen?
0: Is that because you're upset with the Samsung TV? No. Um, In fact, we were talking about that yesterday. Um, and you're talking, gets, of course, uh, that it's
1: always listening.
0: No, but we're talking about, yeah, it's always listening, right? The TV is always listening. we said, somebody said, well, you know, gesture-based televisions, are, you know, you'll be able to change the channel. So I said, wait a minute. So Samsung was listening to me. Now it's going to be watching me? And what are they going to do with all that video they're watching so they can see your gestures? <laughs> We're like, no, 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 Samsung, please don't go here, right? So, But I was wondering if that was the reason you didn't n- like Samsung now. I,
1: I never really liked them uh, any more than I have liked any other company. I mean, it's it's a product. So I kind of base it on what the product is and the history. I have a Samsung television. Well, I don't. Do I? No, I don't I do. have a Samsung television. I did. And honestly, it was one of the best TVs I've ever had. I agree um,
0: with you. I have, I have a f- Samsung washer and dryer too. They work I'm really sure I've house.
1: got something Samsung in this house. I'm I'm well other than a couple phones that I don't use. Um but I don't know. I, I, I would never even consider them. But I would huh. consider if I if I was going to buy an Android, there are other models that I would consider. And Samsung isn't even one of them. They they're not even in the discussion. And yet I look at the products that they just announced and the curved glass iphone or iphone ripoff i guess you'd call them uh the flat one looks just like an iphone 6 but the other one with the curved glass david i, I you know part of me is like that's kind of cool i don't know what I the saw point it is. yeah I saw it the, the,
2: the thing I, I saw i saw it too the thing is is that i i don't know i for a start i i think it was john gruber posted a a, a link to it he said oh, well i don't understand i don't understand this why do two why not choose which design
1: you think is the best one and nah, just do that one? I read why that do, he wrote that, too, but yeah. that's kind of lazy thinking. That, that well, assumes I, yeah. that you have one idea, and you're going to go all in with the one idea. If that's the well, case, I, then I, why I, does I, Apple he, have different... Why do they have a right. plastic-colored one? Why do they have one that's you know, six inches and one that's I mean, bigger he, than... I mean, he, come on. He, he's, he's a bit of a design wonk,
2: but so, you know, he, I mean, he's that's very much kind of his thing. Um, but I, 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 I looked at him, I, I just to me it did appear to be i don't think they look quite as much as the iphone 6 as some people have said depending on what angle you are you're looking at them from but um, to me the, the curved one did kind of look like it was trying to wake curved glass on the iphone 6 the uh, the other one didn't it almost like yeah, you you can't to me you kind of look at it and you think okay so samsung said right well people like people keep raving about the, the curved edges on the iphone 6 so should, we should do a phone with curved edges but then there are also people who like the uh, the steel edge and the and the straight edge of the iphone 4 and the iphone uh, 4s so maybe we should do one like that as well and they end up coming up with the two models it's like okay well now we've got one that appeals to this type and we've got one that appeals to the other type and and each of the Things you're thinking, well, actually, it's not appeal to either of those groups because. So, minute, David, your phone, design your phone for people who like Samsung
0: phones. Don't design it for people who like somebody else's brand. You may be talking about something different. I saw a phone. I thought the woman had sat on it. It's curved. It's curved in the Ben Gate, uh, iPhone Ben Gate type. And she said that's the way she bought it. It was. And I'm looking on YouTube. Is that the one you're talking about? No, this the new Galaxy Six. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's was, a different phone. All right. It's announced
2: at um, Mobile World Congress this this week. There's two versions. One um, kind of looks like the iPhone Six, Tim says, though it has straighter edges, um, and it does. But it does have they, the big thing about. Here's the other thing. Here for years, Samsung has done ads you know criticizing iphone people for being wall huggers for instance about how they're always trying to charge them up because they can't change the battery and now their phones are sealed and you can't change the battery (laughs) That's true yeah this this version are sealed you can't change the battery they've got glass backs on them samsung has made product statements before about oh you know well our plastic back phones are a bit more robust and everything that now they have one that has a glass back on it i don't
1: i don't i don't That doesn't bother me at all because uh, no, well they, Apple and Steve jobs back in the day were exactly the same. They would say one thing and till they came out with a product that was exactly the opposite six months later.
2: They, they might say it, but what they wouldn't do is do trash
1: ads about the competition over it. And mm-hmm. then it. I don't know. You haven't been an Apple user as long as Owen and I, I remember a lot of trash ads from Apple. Don't you Owen?
0: Yeah. yeah against Microsoft. A lot of stuff against Microsoft. A- against
1: Intel. Remember the whole Intel, snail yeah. thing and the bunny suits. And now right. they're That's best right. buddies. The burning,
0: of the, the burning of the guys in the suits. I forgot about I
1: that. mean, Apple was very guilty of attack ads. And then they turn but around. Not, re- not recently. Not re- uh, well, I don't know. What do you, Mac and PC. I mean, that wasn't that long ago. At yeah, but they David haven't. Was they, haven't the then, then. they
2: haven't then. They haven't then changed tack and embraced the things they criticised in
1: the Mac and PC ads. That's the difference. Well, they they. Well, no, not think, in the Mac and PC ads. No. No,
2: I think a lot of the con- the criticism they raised in the Mac and PC ads were were kind of were kind of fair. Uh, I don't I don't think they were kind of trashing things. I agree with you that. Um, I, I vaguely remember because you're right. It was before I was a, a Mac user. I vaguely remember them talking about how fast, how much faster the the Motorola PowerPC chips were than the Intel chips. And yep. I think we all recognise a that was a crock because as soon as we got Intel Macs, they run rings around the the, the, G, the G5. Uh, and B, yes, and obviously they switched to Intel. So um, yeah, fair, do, fair
0: well, Now, on that. now, in fairness, the the. The benchmarks they did at the time the PowerPC did beat the Intel's at the time. Yeah, but the problem is PowerPC did not continue on the right line to getting faster, and Intel just completely, you know, mopped the floor with PowerPC at, at one point, which is I think one of the reasons why Apple changed, especially they couldn't in, get, they in couldn't uh, portable. PowerPC. Yeah. They could not get both the power savings they needed for portable devices and the computing power they wanted moving forward from the PowerPC line. It just was not evolving the way it should. And oh, in the early issue. days, it was faster.
1: The heat issue was a big thing with the PowerPC. Those chips ran hot, and oh, there's just no way you're going to put a PowerPC chip of any kind of uh, speed into a laptop. It was. Just... I
0: have a fifty-three hundred still sitting here. You yeah. remember that? I that that was the first Power PC, it was such a pig, yeah. Because they were so worried about the battery going dead from burning power, they ran it too slow. So uh,
1: you know, there's a lot of times that Apple has done exactly what Samsung is doing right now, as far as changing their philosophy on products and categories. So I don't, I don't, I don't put that on Samsung as a negative. If they saw that the market research that they conducted, providing that they actually do that. Says people want curved glass, but people also want a flat with a metal side. I don't see a problem with choice, and for someone like John Gruber to kind of get after him about that, yeah, I, I don't buy that at all. I, I totally disagree. I have no problem with choice, and if you're a Samsung customer, if you're an Android user, I think they look like pretty good phones. But personally, I still wouldn't buy them. I'm not, you know, I you asked me on, but I'm still not sure what it is that kind of pushes me away from samsung at this point i I Mm -hmm. think it's just the despicable things that they've been doing over the last five years you know
0: okay i mean i've had very good luck with samsung products knocking on wood both monitors Mm -hmm. uh washing machines and dryers and tvs and so i am a little bugged by this you know listen gate as we'll call it for now but uh Mm -hmm. you know i think that was i think that's blowing out proportion the same way they accused Apple once of and Microsoft once too of stealing your data because they didn't properly format a disk sector and it could have had old data in it
1: yeah that's mm, yeah. yeah.
0: you know it wasn't intentional they were trying to design a very cool product that let you voice control it and they didn't have the power in the TV to do it uh, I don't think they were really recording this, and some guys sitting in a back room listening, going, yeah, listen going. not what those guys are doing? I, you know, I don't believe no, it. Yeah. The,
2: the the problem is is that, uh, and we've talked about this on a previous show. The problem is is that there's always a worry that at some yes. point they'll they'll realize they have that data, and they'll say, "Well, well, actually, we could we could do some marketing stuff with this, or we could right. sell it and to a third party." It.
0: And they didn't disclose yeah. it.
2: Yeah. Right. So uh, so that's the thing. I I I'm fine I was interested to see the the uh, Galaxy S6 because the the last two iterations of that phone line they've just been throwing all this junk into them, you know, yeah. it's been like Crapware, really, on a PC. You know, here's a new here's a new function, let's put it in the phone. They're stepping back from that now uh, because the, particularly the S5 did not do very well at all. But I still think Samsung has a, a fundamental problem, which is that the Android market is perceived by many people as uh, a cheaper phone. Than the iPhone, although yeah. well, the a lot of you hear it a lot. A lot many people will go, "Oh yeah, but the, you know the iPhone is is great and all, but it's very expensive, and and an Android phone is is." you know just as good and it's much cheaper the problem with these these uh, galaxy s phones is that they're quite expensive they're not a million miles away from the cost of an iphone and i i suspect these new ones will be even closer because they're they have much more um, premium materials in because they're all metal and glass rather than plastic uh, and i think that's samsung's fundamental problem is that you can't have products up next to the iphone because the iPhone comes out as as superior, because it, it's perceived to be a better system. It's got more apps, and it's got uh, a better interfaces, and it's got the uh, the you know the flashy design that that's, try tries they might no matter how well designed a, a Samsung Galaxy phone is, it's never going to be designed by Johnny I. So for a lot of people, it's never going to look quite as good. Um, and I think the problem is is that is if you're going toe-to-toe with Apple, you're going to lose. The only way Android keeps gaining market share is because there's a whole lot of really, really cheap phones out there. And Samsung aren't really offering new
1: products in that category. They're going for the higher end. And with that, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get into our uh, product spotlight. And uh, it's coming from David this week. Believe it or not, it's nothing brand new at all. We'll be right back. (laughs) So, guess. Sorry, I'm just boogieing out to that. You know, while that's playing, you
0: know, I'm, shaking so head. Catchy. I'm
2: shaking my arse. Arse. Mm. I'm shaking my ass. Ass? I'm shaking my ass. Ass. I'm
1: shaking my ass. My ass? I'm sorry. Guys
0: joke. <laughs> guys joke. joke.
1: Mostly clean.
0: <laughs> I do have a tip for you. It's a very, very quick one. That's what we've been going on about, and I think... <laughs> oh, no change there. Um, <coughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm interrupting you Can I do this tip? I'll be, Yes, I'll be quiet now.
0: Daz's Tips. Guys, jokes. Only. Thank goodness. On the My Mac Podcast.
1: Back here on the Tech Fan Podcast number 200, <gasps> Tim Robertson, David Cohen, and Owen Rubin. Now, I uh, don't have any feedback for us this week, believe it or not. it's been slow the last couple episodes on feedback we want to hear from you guys send us feedback it is tim david or owen at techfanpodcast.com or just go to techfanpodcast.com and leave a message right there underneath the show notes Uh, uh, speaking of shows I won't be on next week Mm. Uh, I will be at uh, McCall which is a Michigan educational technology show in Detroit and I'll be working that for OWC And speaking of OWC, you can listen to me on OWC Radio, usually on a weekly basis. I didn't do a show this week because I was in Las Vegas shopping another show. So uh, no OWC Radio this week, but next week I will have one. I've got an interview already lined up. And, uh, of course, make sure you follow me on Twitter, at MyMac. Where are you at on Twitter, David? Uh, At David B. Cohen. And Owen? Owen Rubin. Owen Rubin. Also, yeah,
0: if so. Monday... I'm I, I I well, one of these guys who doesn't use Twitter a lot, right? I've noticed you, you're not business. big on Twitter. It, to me, uh, the problem is it's got a bad signal-to-noise ratio. <laughs> no.
2: Yeah, no, I, I'd, I'd concur with that. I don't use it anywhere near as much as I used to because it, it has it has become uh, of less quality to me, unfortunately. But that I, that having said that, <laughs> if I'm getting lots, lots of listeners tweeting me on Twitter, then I'm going to be there a lot more. So if you're... Want me to use Twitter
1: more? Then yeah, there's a
0: good point. Now, yeah.
1: of course, I use Twitter every single day, even on the weekends, because I do the social media for Otherworld Computing. And on Monday, Apple has this Apple Watch event, and I will be live tweeting the entire time. So if you You're want to watch
0: the watch event,
1: I'm going to watch <laughs> it, and I'm going to be tweeting and talking to uh, people on Twitter. So at MacSales. On actually, Twitter on Monday and you can uh, talk directly to me. We'll we'll discuss every single thing Apple's doing live.
0: I'm actually at O Rubin, sorry. O Rubin. Oh O R U B I N
1: Yeah, I've, co- I've committed a
2: tactical error with that because I'm now gonna be travelling on a train during that event, which is not the best place to get information.
1: Or just follow <laughs> me on Twitter and you'll you'll hear everything. No, no, yeah, but but I'm on a train
2: so so I don't have good signal, so I I'm not really No, but well you, connected. you
1: Yeah, but you do for Twitter. I mean it that'll come through okay. Mm, you don't use the trains i use no i don't uh in two weeks our product feature is going to be um something kind of cool and something honestly quite different it's a tower that you use for your ipads and android devices with cable management built in uh it's it's a desktop solution but it's uh it's kind of neat to be honest i'm very interested in that um PowerGistics yeah, is the it's power
2: because i have a lot of devices that need charging all the time and at I, the moment i have cables poking out
0: yes. everywhere. Every
1: and that every that was things. my thing and i i came across this when i was shopping the FETC show in uh, orlando uh, a month and a half ago and i was really taken with this because most of the things that i see like this are standalone they're really big uh, you know, this has nine shelves on it, eight shelves Are, on it. How
0: do you spell that?
1: Okay. It's power. I'm not going to yeah. explain how to spell power. Cause if you don't know how to do that, you're off the show forever. <laughs> and then G I S T I C S. Okay. Powergistics.com. And I, this thing is really cool and I'm going to get into it. Um, I'm looking for the model number that I've got so you, could, you guys can actually...
0: The P0-01E20E16L? <laughs>
1: <laughs> might
0: funny. be. Uh, <laughs> I just saw a number go by on Google. And that well was it's the,
1: it's, it's, the de- so. it's the device storage solution and it's the one with the color shelves. So look at that one and that's probably... I the don't one know I...
0: what that was, but that was the model number that Google showed up. And no. I just made, ah, you know, this is 900 uh, bucks. It can't be that. No, no,
1: no, no, it's not that one. Um, uh, eight, this is it. It's the 8 shelf desktop tower so we'll get into that in two weeks i'll let you guys know what my impressions is of this i will say this as a spoiler um i don't know if i'm gonna send this back to them i might have Uh, to just send them a credit card because okay okay so with that what is the product feature this week david because this isn't a new product
2: well no i've been uh i've been i I thought i put these in because this is our 200th show we've been doing this for five years and so i put some put in some old stuff that i use so um the yeah the picture there in the show notes i put in is a computer i've been using the last week to, to do some real work on and um it's a it's an apple product people people who are newer to apple may not be familiar with this machine but it's the original clamshell ibook the ibook g3
1: now with that let's take a quick break and say goodbye to owen because i know he has to run i do and i wanted to talk about this though it's too bad it's so
2: like, we'll uh, pick it up we'll pick it up with you next week
0: uh, owen so you and, and you and, and i will be on next week and we can talk yeah, about so that. we can we can geek out <laughs> on vintage computers <laughs> yeah because i i have a stack of them here that i'm getting ready yeah. to ship to someone so uh
1: i look yeah. forward to hearing that conversation myself
0: Cool. All right, guys, you got fun with the rest of the show, and I'll see you next week, David, and you in two weeks, Tim.
1: Good luck with the uh, Game Developers Conference, and much and luck. I'll,
0: I'll have some info on that next week, hopefully. Awesome. So, bye. Bye. So, so this yeah. is a
1: computer, David, that, you know, it really got made fun of a lot when it first came out. People called it the toilet seat uh, iBook. People called it uh, the Barbie purse. Um, but to be honest, aesthetically, and functionally, I think this computer's held up really well.
2: Yeah, I mean, it still looks unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's actually pretty tough. It has a few bits that kind of fall off. The uh, little colored Apple logo on the back of the lid—you tend to lose the leaf on those. It's very rare <laughs> for you to get forget the leaf um, on those, and uh, you know they they will crack if they if they uh, get dropped hard enough but actually they're pretty tough they're quite big they're quite bulky by modern laptop standards but the reason i've started using this is that um i find when i'm in the office and i've got some work to do and i'm on my um i'm i'm either on my laptop which at the moment is a 17 inch macbook pro or i'm on my uh, desktop machine which is a mac mini the problem is is that you know you constantly get an email coming in you're constantly getting uh, phone calls you're constantly getting uh, yeah the distraction people, yeah sending you ims and stuff like that and and of course then you know the rss readers in the background and if you need to look something off the web you'll go and do that and then you'll think about something else or you'll overhear a conversation you like, oh, well, let me look that up on wikipedia for you or something like that it's it's hard work and it's hard to get work done in that sort of environment so i'm the sort of guy who likes to pick up my computer go to a meeting room where I'm on my own and kind of knuckle down and get some work done. But the problem is even there, you've got those electronic prompts trying to distract you all the time. Yep. So, so I'm kind of a quite big believer in, you know, uh, get away from all of that and try and focus down and, and get some work done. And so I was really looking for a computer I could do to do that because I, you don't want to be turning stuff off on your, on your laptop or, or something like that. You know, you, I know you can turn the wireless off and, and all this sort of thing, but the problem is then you have to remember when you, need to to turn it all back on again it's a pain so it was my concept really was let me get something else that i can go and do some work on and this fits the bill perfectly this is a 466 megahertz power g 3 computer with uh i think it has 192 megabytes of ram and a 10 gigabyte hard disk this is not cutting edge by any stretch of the imagination no. this this thing came out i think it was 2000 or 2001 i remember okay. when it came
1: out i, I to be honest i kind of wanted one
2: yeah well the thing is it's really nice to use it has a great keyboard because it has the the thing right there yeah yeah great keyboard the the touchpad's very responsive for a computer of this vintage um because of the design because it has a kind of curvy it almost looks like it's a balloon that's been Inflated up, yeah, yeah. That means it's it's very comfortable to type on because you have some a nice curved, large, smooth curved area for your wrist to rest on.
1: And that's what I was yeah. going to say. That's I've used this computer. I, I actually owned one. Uh, it got left at Mac Specialist, and I never picked it up. So who knows where it is now? Uh, but I actually own. I think it, mine was the lighter blue one. You've got the the darker blue one.
2: This is no. This one's a gray one. Actually, it's a gray one. It's from like the picture, graphite. it almost
1: looks blue. Graphite. Yeah, okay, I had the, the bluish one. And yeah. I think I had an orange one as well. And my favorite thing about these, it's the only laptop, in my opinion, that even came close to my Lombard PowerBook when it came to typing. It didn't hurt your yeah. wrist. It was very uh, ergonomical. And the keyboard is very responsive on this. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: So they're, they're pretty good. Now, there are some downsides with a computer like this. You, you can upgrade the memory on them you can change the keyboard if the keyboard's broken uh you can kind of glue them up if the if there's any breakage on the sides but you can't do very much of them internally they're a pig to take apart yeah so uh, if you ever you know if you want to get one of these make sure you get a good one that works properly um this one is running os9 um we still there which is the best way? The best thing to run on these older machines. You can run OS 10. I think this one will take Panther. Um, the later iBooks I have a couple of those as well. They're also quite nice. They will run. Um, they will run Tiger, um, or uh, if you get a G4, even run up to Leopard. But really, you don't want to be. You don't want to be doing that on these machines because those later operating systems are kind of big, heavy, and they don't work well on these low-resource machines. Whereas OS 9 flies. Yeah. OS 9 was was designed for uh, computers that had hundred megahertz power piece chip and so and, and might have had 32 megabytes of ram and a one gigabyte hard disk so you put him on a machine like this and os9 goes wow this is really cool this is really modern so the things fly um and also as well because at os9 there's an awful lot of software you can get off the internet for these things that you know was was good stuff you want a copy of photoshop go to mac uh, uh macintosh garden where a lot of the old os9 abandonware is stored you get an old copy of photoshop for this and you know what those, that software is not too dissimilar from the modern stuff. No. Yeah, the newest stuff has more features on it, but in terms of the core functionality, it's not really that different at all. Well, so I mean, it's the, were, the same software that they were using to put magazines together 10 years ago. I mean… exactly. Exactly. So what I do with this is I run um, I run uh, Microsoft Office 2001 on here, so I can run a, I can load up a Word document from that in our standard corporate tele- template that's been developed for Office for Windows 2013, and I can save it out in an older file format and open it up on the iBook because it's an iBook. It has a USB port and it has an Ethernet port. You can even get wireless for it if you want to, though yep. I, I I wouldn't recommend that because the whole point is you you don't want this. You don't want this thing too connected because then you're going to start getting. Yeah, distracted. you defeat the purpose. So, but but you have if you have a USB and Ethernet, that means you can easily get files into and off the computer with it. the problem with older machines, like Owen just mentioned, the uh, the older. Powerbooks, the Lombard and, and things like that and the 5300. The problem with those is they uh, they don't use current ports. They have floppy drives on them. You can't get data on and off them very easily. With this a USB 1.1 port, just stick a memory stick in the side and you're away. Yep. The other advantage of OS9 is that because it because it's so old that it doesn't do the internet very well. No. Which is kind of ironic because when the iMac, the original iMac and the iBook came out, the whole one of the whole selling points was it would get you online very quickly back then you know they had Well that's what the ios was for. Yeah exactly but the problem is, is is that the internet's moved on and these machines have not and and there's no software development for iOS 9 now. So they don't you can web browse on them but most sites don't render properly and they're very slow. You can do email on there but again um with the volume and the size of emails as they are nowadays it's going to be slow you can't get read you can get im clients and things like that on you but you're not going to want to do any of that and that is an advantage because that means you can just do the productivity stuff on it and not worry about all the modern bells and whistles and of course nowadays if i'm sat in a meeting room working on a document and i do need to get an important email or look something up or something i have my phone with me yeah my, my pocket computer that allows me to keep an eye on that stuff if i need to without it, it
1: being in my face is it funny that the phone in your pockets probably 15 times more powerful than the the ibook that you're using
2: well i think in some ways it shows progress but in other ways it doesn't because that old machine that's 15 times less powerful still does quite a lot of the functionality that i need from a computer yeah so in some respects we have a, a, a you know a huge um, massive amount of power that that kind of gets wasted on on things that that at times are just a distraction so let um, me ask you how much did you pay for it i paid about 35 pounds for so
1: next to nothing 50 bucks yeah i mean
2: mean, yeah basically it was it's chump change i mean it's these things are cheap enough that if you have to go out and buy a few before you get one that really works the way you want to. That's not much, that's not too much of a deal. It's a, it's it's a night at a
1: night at a decent restaurant, not even a real (laughs) nice restaurant, just a decent restaurant. Yeah.
2: So, you know, and also it's, it is a little bit of computing history. Oh, absolutely. Uh, And and the advantage of these is the designs are pretty timeless. You know, they, you'll be be able to go to museums in 30, 50 years time and you'll probably see one of these there as as an iconic early laptop. And to actually own one and use one and be able to do something kind of useful on it is really kind of cool so um yeah that's 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 what I did you can pick up parts for them fairly cheaply and that if you need the power supply you can get those off ebay from the chinese guys off ebay for nothing um if you need a new battery for it if you want to use it possibly you can do that as well again batteries about 10 15 pounds something like that not hugely expensive i mean oh don't get me wrong over time these things will become harder and harder made yeah. to maintain but we're kind of at a bit of a sweet spot now. But you're not going to be but, using
1: it every day either. I mean, it's not no, going to take no. a lot of wear and tear.
2: Yeah, it's, it, it sits in the cupboard in my office. And every time I need to, you know, but I, I, I it was quite, it was really was quite impressive. I sat down and I had a, a white paper to write. So I needed to write about 1,500, 2,000 words. And I needed to get it done that day. And I sat down and in about an hour, hour and a quarter, I churned that document out. If I'd have been sat at my desk doing that with all the distractions, it would probably would have taken me two days to get it finished. Yep. So and yeah, and I it's nice it on, to type
1: on it too. It's it's exactly, not a pain. Yeah. It's your wrists don't hurt after I, you know twenty and minutes. I, and I put
2: it on a USB stick and I emailed it straight to our editor. And uh, as far as she was concerned, I'd done it on my main machine. She had no idea that I'd done it on a uh, <laughs> like a fourteen-year-old computer. So. Now you're
1: you're also kind of into an iOS game at the moment too.
2: I am. Yeah. This this is again. This is a this this one is even more appropriate because it was <laughs> game of the year in 2010 mm-hmm. on, the, on the app store and from, that was uh, the year that this podcast started exactly and and that was on touch arcade who are a, a big uh, website for uh, keeping uh, on going on, on on what's what's in gaming on on the iphone and the ipad so and i pl- i played this game probably a year after it came out and i played the heck out of it it's it's a fabulous game it's called space miner um and basically the plot is that you uh you basically you go to your uncle's space station and he's a miner and he's not doing very well he's not very good at business and you take over the mining operation for him so there are a series of missions where you go out into a map around the space station and you had to shoot up asteroids and mine the uh, crystals that come out of them and then there's a plot that goes on with robots and a and a, a huge corporation trying to take you out over and everything and the plot is actually pretty fun and engaging it's fairly tongue-in-cheek um and it's done in a a kind of a japanese anime style where uh, character's just come in from the side with speech bubbles every time you're back at the station it's nice you know it has good progression this is a game from 2010 so there's no none in-app purchase rubbish you know you just get a good solid chunk of probably about 10-15 hours of gameplay out of this more if you play through it again at the harder harder settings it has um that you collect, you get money for the ore you collect, and then you can use that to spend on upgrades for your ship, so it has progressions and levels and that sort of stuff. It's a fun game, and it was great. And you know what? Even today, if you picked up the original version, you'd be quite happy with it if you'd never played it before. But what's interesting is that the developer, after probably four years of, of not updating this game at all, uh, announced that they were going to update it for iOS 8 and then put a whole load of extra content in as well. That's so pretty it's amazing. Got, it's got new graphics. It's got a whole load of new missions. Has that it's come out got, yet? it has um in fact i I just started playing through the new missions a couple of days ago so uh effectively what you can do now is you can you can uh update the game if you already own it otherwise go out and buy it new it's now a universal app whereas before it was two separate ones um and you can play through the original game and then once you finish the original game it'll then link to a whole new set of missions uh again more Uh, Upgrades, more um, weapons, more things like that. You know, basically more of the same, but that's no bad thing. And a new story as well. So it's a really great game. And, um, you know, it really chewed up quite
1: a lot of my time over the last week or so. So updating old content isn't really something new when it comes to games. Uh, I like it when they do that, but unfortunately most companies don't do that. What's more odd, I guess you could say, and, and I didn't think about this until you started talking about that space miner hadn't been updated in so long and then all of a sudden this platinum edition comes out um there's a series of books that i've been reading and i don't know if i got you into this or not david uh the name of the author is tr harris and uh, it's called the human chronicles no and i haven't read those it, it's basically uh quick synopsis the uh, humans are actually superhuman we're human on this planet, but anywhere else in the galaxy, we're basically supermen. We can't fly or anything like that, but we're so much stronger than most races. Most races are a lot taller than us. Uh, most races in other worlds are less gravity. So humans are basically almost indestructible, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it starts in modern times. So, And it follows this one character through all these books. Well... I read the last one that he released and it came to an end and I thought, okay, I can't wait for the next one. I get an email from the author that said he added a whole batch of new content to the last book. And that if you already own it, just update it through Amazon and you've got like a whole bunch of new chapters. He continued that book instead of coming out with a new one. He just continued this book. I've never heard of that before. Unfortunately, no, I'm reading cool. another book right now. That when I get done with that, then I'm going to jump over to here. In fact, the book I'm reading right now is someone that we had on this podcast, Richard Phillips. You remember him? Yeah. I'm reading his latest book called uh, "Dead Wrong," and it's uh, a prelude to his other series, but it's really good. And uh, I, but I've never heard of an author updating a, a an ebook with all new content. So just go back to where you were reading. And there should be new chapters waiting for you. I thought that was pretty cool. cool. Yeah, I was like, wow. I mean, I think I spent two ninety nine for the book when it first came out on uh, the Amazon store Kindle. So yeah. I, I need to go and. But it's kind of confusing. It's like, uh, okay, it's been a while since I've read it. Now it's, uh, I guess maybe a m- two months since I stopped reading it. So it's going to be kind of weird to go back to it and just continue. You know what I mean? Yeah, because when I'm reading a book, I want to continue to, I, I want to keep going. So in res- some respects, I kind of wish he would have just came out with another book instead of. Yeah. Okay, now I got to go back to this book. Do I go back and read the last, you know, four or five pages of the last chapter just to get acclimated to back where I was? Or so.
2: So has he said whether he's doing this as a as kind of a, a taster to a new book? Or um, to try and generate some interest with his previous readers, or is he just done it because he felt he wanted to continue the story and figured
1: that he didn't have enough material for a new a new book? Well, let me turn on the iMac now. The volume of background noise might increase because uh, um, it's louder, <laughs> as you can hear from the keyboard. Oh, it's still waking up. There we go. T R. I'm just gonna read that email that I got from him. Uh, Matt is called the book by the way. Is uh The Masters of War, uh, announcing a new and expanded second edition of Masters of War with 22,000 more words and a continuation of the original ending to a new, exciting, and much more fulfilling conclusion. And he says, uh, by popular demand, The Masters of War has just been reintroduced in an expanded second edition with 22,000 more words added to the end of the book. This edition carries the story forward beyond the original uh, to a major climax involving the largest space battle ever taken place in two galaxies and pitting blah, 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 blah. Um, Originally the 22,000 word novella novella, was to be the first third of the next Adam Cain book, yet as a result of reader reaction, I thought my fans might appreciate a more detailed and satisfying ending to The Masters of War. This saves you from having to pay for another book just to learn the final resolution um, to the conflicts that have been building within the series to this point. Rest assured, for those of you who have already purchased the book, you can download this expanded second edition for free on Amazon. Then just pick up reading it at, uh, chapter 32 without having to repurchase the book or start from reading reading from the beginning again. So there you oh, go.
2: So yeah, so it sounds like he, he didn't really think he had enough for a for a whole new book. If he's talking about a novella, that's a... Uh,
1: it was a pretty short so, book, yeah. I will say that. Yeah. When I got to the end, I was like, oh, I wish I was more. But I didn't send him an email. I mean, I've communicated no. with him back and forth. He actually sent me... Uh, a free edition of one of his books because he sent an email out <clears throat> maybe a year ago saying it was coming up next week, mm-hmm. and I said, "Hey, you know, I'll I'll post this on Twitter for you." And then he went and saw who I was, saw how many followers I had, and said, "Hey, thanks for the tweet. Here's a copy of the book. <laughs> thinking, right. that's cool." He didn't have to do that. I was going to buy no. it. Um, yeah, but it was kind of nice that he did. And well, to mate, be honest, you know, it made me yeah. loyal to his his books. I enjoyed it anyways. I mean, I bought yeah, the but- first one for free. It was one of those hit, free books on Kindle. But here's the
2: thing: I mean, the next guy, that guy publishes a book. Probably most of the people who've
1: have gone back and updated that book are probably going to buy it, aren't they? So yeah, absolutely. it's kind, absolutely. Of, it's kind of smart. But I've never seen that happen before. I've never seen someone add content. And this look, this book didn't come out a year ago. It came out like three months ago. Yeah. So I was kind. Of, it's 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 a different tactic that I've never seen a writer do before. And and you couldn't do this. I think if you were publishing through a big house, he's a self publisher. Yeah. So I don't know. I I think that that kind of thing is really neat. I think that, uh, developers who do that with their games, they go back to an old game and update it. And if you own the old game, the update just, there's all the new stuff. You don't have to pay for it again. And for new people, they get, Oh, look, there's a, there's a game. It's an old game, but they've just updated with all this content. Look at all these great reviews. I'm going to go download this game
2: yeah i think i think it's smart it is i i mean apparently what happened with the uh with the um space miner game is that they originally they originally meant to just basically update it so it worked on ios 8 and worked with the new devices you know across the iphone 6 and 6 plus but apparently when they got into it they decided to uh add some content as well
1: well do you think Um, that maybe they're coming out with a, a a follow-up game and by adding sure. content and, and refining the original is just really good PR because well, I think I, it would be.
2: Yeah. I, I, that's what I wondered. But, but if you go to the website, um, the stuff they're working on now is, it seems to be quite a different type of game than, uh, than space Miner is, you know, they're kind of, they're kind of doing like, a, um, a, like a role-playing game. Um, so it's, it's not really, um, it's not really, related so unless they've got something they haven't teased to anybody but normally you know, touch arcade seems to have a pretty good relation with them you would think if they were if they were working on something new then touch arcade might have mentioned it uh, particularly if it was linked in some way to space minor yeah so it's interesting uh, nonetheless
1: so, i think it's cool
2: well yeah i mean you know there's this uh and, and let's face it what they could have done is they could have just Instead of issuing it as an update, they could have just done a new version of the game. Right. A complete new version where you had to pay again. And instead, you know, it's been made available to everybody who bought the original. Um, and I don't think anybody would necessarily mind it if they hadn't, though I guess some people would have done. But um, Well, we know, you know it
1: sold well the, the first time around because it was Game of the Year
2: well yeah i mean certainly it was critically well received i don't know how well that translates into sales i mean the app store is a is a curious beast for that sort of thing yeah i but, think that uh, game but did yeah pretty I'm, well. I'm, I'm sure it did pretty well yeah i own
1: uh, it i bought it so, uh,
2: yeah i mean i would um if anyone's not tried it out i would definitely recommend you you know it's it's 399 it's not it's not expensive um you'll get a lot of value out of it if you like um kind of space space style shooting it's not quite a two-stick shooter it's Kind of similar to that, but certainly if you've ever
1: played Asteroids or anything like that, this this is a really great game. I think I played yeah. it for a couple hours on my iPad, original iPad, to be honest. Yeah, And uh, it hasn't migrated to any of my newer iPads. I still have it on iTunes, of course, It's, and I keep all my apps pretty well updated. I probably update my apps every two days, and even then I still have like 20 apps that have been updated. And uh, so I know I've got it. I'm just going to have to uh, reload it on my current ipad and give it another go Well, what's nice
2: about it is because you're flying out to sectors to shoot them up and then um and then coming back again it's it is kind of a pick up and play game in that you can if you just have five minutes you can just go and do a mission and i found it's i mean it unlike many games nowadays if you're halfway through a mission so you, you've been out in, a, in the asteroid field for, I don't know, three minutes, four minutes, and you've kind of you cleared away two of the asteroids. We haven't got them all yet. And then you hit the home button and come out the app. It will automatically save. And when you come back in and, and hit load, it won't return you to the space station. It will actually place you back exactly where you are. That's So good. you can pick it up and drop it down anytime you want. And so, a
1: lot of developers don't do that. In fact, I would say most of them don't do that because – if they are just pick up and play real quick well there's a reason that i don't have a lot of time and maybe someone came knocking on the door maybe the phone rang maybe my meeting on skype started a little early so i couldn't finish this level i don't want to start it again yeah so i think that's a very smart move on their part yeah all right david with that we're going to wrap up this episode of tech fan 200 that's still that's a lot of tech fans man it's in some sure respects, is. it's it's kind of surprising to me. It, in in one way or another, didn't it kind of sneak up on us?
2: It did. I, I we we keep saying about
1: oh, we don't think we've been doing that long, but uh, but yeah, it kind of did. Hey, so, uh, any any podcast that goes five years, that's that's a long podcast. Most podcasts yeah. don't go that long. Yeah, and we didn't artificially change our numbers or anything either. This is actually the 200th episode. Yeah. It's, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it's yeah. Crazy. So we've had. At-
2: We've actually been doing it, because we've missed a couple here and there, so yeah. we've actually been doing it a little bit longer than five years, so amazing. Uh,
1: no, we haven't. I think okay. technically five years will be this summer. Oh, right. Okay. You know what I mean? I mean, we started oh, in yeah. 2010, but it wasn't, because at the beginning of 2010, I was still doing OWC Radio, the original one. And right. it wasn't until I took the job with um, Max Specialist that I couldn't do OWC Radio anymore. And so I think that was like August. So technically five years will hit in August. But I just go by the year. We started in 2010 and it's now 2015. That's five years. Close enough for me. Yeah, fair enough. Can't <laughs> argue with that. <laughs> so we're going to wrap up this episode of Tech Fan. Again, we'd love to have feedback from you. What are you playing on your iPhone or Android right now? What are you? We'd love to know because... There's just so much stuff out there that we've never even heard of. So if you're playing a game that you like David and I and Owen to to, to take a look at, send us a link. Let us know what game that is, and I'll definitely give it a try because I'm always up for a good game. Oh, yeah. Uh, Send that to Tim, David, or Owen at techfanpodcast.com, Or better yet, just go to techfampodcast.com and leave a message right there in the show notes. And if you don't mind, follow the link over to where it says subscribe in iTunes just follow that over. You don't actually have to subscribe if you already are, but leave a review in iTunes for the show. We'd really appreciate it. Let us know what you think, uh, what we could do better, uh, why you like it, why you dislike it. Whatever the review is, make sure it's honest and just let us know and uh, we'll read that review right here on the show as well. So, David, you're going to have to keep looking at our, uh, our iTunes. I can't see the UK iTunes store, so I don't know what reviews are up there or what, but I, I think that from the emails that we get i don't want to say it's half but it's pretty close to half u.s half you know europe okay it seems yeah. to be our demographic which is great i love that i'll keep an eye on the uh, uk store and see how we're doing awesome so with that we're going to wrap up this episode of tech fan david and owen we'll see you guys next week and i'll be back in two weeks